0: You're in the battle for the Lord and right. Keep on the firing line. If you win, my brother, surely you must fight. Keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die of fighting, it is no disgrace in the service, he will find a place, so keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil, never run nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the righteous, keep on the firing line. When we get to heaven brother we'll be glad keep on the firing line how we'll praise the savior for the call we had keep on the firing line when we see the souls that we have helped to win leading them to jesus from the paths of sin With a shout of welcome, we will all march in. So keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave, against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the righteous, keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave, against all evil. Never run nor even lag behind If you would win for God and the right Just keep on the firing line If you would win for God and the right Just keep on the firing line, on the firing line.
1: Wonderful day in God's house, hasn't it? Man, this morning, wonderful message this morning. Good afternoon on the buses. The Broncos are beating the Patriots, and uh, Brother Rigo is going to come preach for us in a couple minutes here. And so, actually, Brother Rigo, why don't you make your way up on here now? And uh, it's always exciting to hear Brother Rigo preach. If you're not excited before he starts preaching, you'll be excited by the time he starts preaching. And uh, just to hear the click of those cowboy boots across the stage, and uh, man, that gets my blood pumping right there. And, uh, and then you've got to try to keep up with him, too, because he's flying through it. And I love that about him. And uh, Brother Rigo is excited about the Lord. He's excited about the ministry. And it's exciting to see him serving. It's it's just how the Lord's blessing over there. Every week I go over to get my bus uh, in the afternoon. And they're just, they're all in there, piled in. Man, uh, wonderful services over there at the bus property. And packing that house out with the Spanish ministry. And uh, and so praise the Lord for that. Excited to see what the Lord's doing there. And Brother Rigo, looking forward to what the Lord has laid on your heart this evening.
2: Thank you. I have a story to tell. <laughs> Wait a minute. I get my, uh, I got one. <laughs> Actually, it's not mine, it's my wife's. But uh, I, uh, I, I'm trying to be, uh, you know, computer savvy and all that stuff. Not working, though, but... Uh, this has the numbers a little bit bigger so I can see them. Mm-hmm. And then I have this just in case uh, Paul Schapel calls me to preach over there. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Schapel. I didn't say Schapel, the one that escaped from prison. Schapel.
0: <laughs> 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 Maybe I didn't pronounce it right.
2: <laughs> oh, the story. I'm sorry. Uh, he mentioned the <laughs> He mentioned the cowboy boots. Maybe I told you the story, or not, I don't know, maybe I didn't, but I remember back in sixth grade, I was it seventh grade, I, uh, <laughs> I I used to like, I still do, I like watching uh, cowboy movies, and uh, who doesn't, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: I think one of my favorite ones is Shane, well, it used to be, there's more now, better ones, but uh, so I was in sixth grade, and uh, I thought, man, I said, it would be neat, it's just Something that occurred to me, I said, would it be neat if I, I put some, uh, some, uh, what do you call them, uh, horseshoes on my, on my. So, no, not spurs. They were, they were like for the heels. So when you're walking, okay, so they were like horseshoes, they were made out of metal. I don't know if you've ever seen them. It protects your heels. So I, I said, I'd be neat. I said, I like that noise. So I, I said, okay, so I put them on. And I said, I'm going to be the last one inside the classroom. And all the girls are going to go, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So I waited to the last minute. I waited to the last minute when I was sure Everybody was there and sitting down. And and I, and I, I sat in the front seat. So once I knew everybody was sitting down, here I come. Now I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be great!" I said. <laughs> I I walk in. As soon as I walk in, I put my foot down, my shoe down, and wham, boom! <laughs> I see one, and then I see the other one, and I go, and I hit the floor hard. And I, and I was done lying down, and I was looking up at the ceiling, and I can hear laughter, <laughs> laughter, really hard laughter. And I I was just sitting there, like looking up. I was like, This is happening to me. No way. (laughs) The teacher comes up to me and says, She was looking this way, like this. Mr. Herrera, are you okay? And I was like, Ugh, I was hurting, and everybody was (laughs) laughing. (laughs) And she said, Go sit down. (laughs) I "I got up. I went and sat down right in the front of the classroom. Everybody's staring at me. I knew they were staring at me. Got home. I got home. I took my shoes off, and I boom those shoes off so far away. I don't think I ever found them. See what happens when you're trying to impress somebody? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're better being better being yourself, huh? Okay. Got my glasses. Psalms one (laughs) nineteen Psalms one nineteen and that'll be I'll be reading from forty one to forty eight but actually I would rather have somebody that has uh, Alexander Scorby to read for me. You want to help me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, can you read uh, uh, 41 and 42? Yes, sir. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me. Ah, Amen. Brother Fred, can you read some uh, verses for me? How about... uh, What is it, 43 and 44?
0: And take not thy word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever.
2: Amen. You want to read it? How about, uh, what is it, uh, 46, 45 and 46? And I will walk at liberty... For I seek thy precepts, I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. Amen. Thank you. 47, 48? Thanks.
1: And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up in thy commandments, which I have loved. And I will meditate in thy statutes.
2: Amen. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this evening. Uh, thank you for the pastor giving me the privilege to preach. Be with him and uh, touch his body, and uh, do a mighty work this evening in my heart and in their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, did you uh, did you know that Psalms one nineteen is the longest psalm? I'm sure you do. Did you know it is divided into twenty two sections, and that each section has eight verses? And the first letter of uh, verse 1 through 8 starts with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so uh, verses 9 through 16 was the second letter of Hebrew's alphabet, and so on and on, etc., etc. Did you know that? Psalms 119, to me, is my favorite psalms. There there is no doubt that the, uh, the psalmist loved the Word of God. Who, who can deny that? I mean, who can deny that? And if I, if I was to have a title to this uh, message, I would call it uh, loving the Word of God. Maybe I could call it even how to have peace through the Word of God. Because in Psalms 167 it says, Great peace have them that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So, I begin to wonder and think and say to myself, the reason that I get offended so easily, maybe, is it because I don't love the Word of God that much? Could, could that be your problem too? That the reason you and I get offended so easily is because we do not love the Word of God like we should? Well, it seems here, when I read this, uh, Psalms 119, he, he loved the Word of God. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I, would, I would say that... If we want to have the same love that the psalmist had for the Word of God, there are some things that we need. And uh, I will start with the first one, which is in 41. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. Now, I, I, would, uh, I would say that the first thing that we need, the first thing that we need to have a love for the Word of God The first thing we need is this. Number one, compassion towards men from the Word of God. We need salvation. You cannot love the Word of God without salvation. There is no way, no how you can do that. It's impossible. That compassion towards men from the Word of God. Isn't it great, though, that God had compassion towards you and me? That he remembered us. That, that he was mindful of us. That he left heaven for us. Sinners as we are. Wicked, sinful, down sinners that we are. And, and, and in case, and in case, <laughs> there might be some, you're thinking to yourself, not me. I'm not the sinner. No, 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 you're not talking to me. You know, I remember when my sister, she tell me about salvation about sin, I used to hate it. It used to make me mad. I don't know about you, but it used to make me mad. What do you mean you call me a sinner? And I used to grab their letters, make them into a little bundle, and toss them my boy. So don't, don't be calling me a sinner. I used to hate it. I used to get mad. I was mad. I was sad. And then I was glad. I would imagine you too. Mad because somebody was calling you You were a sinner? Sad because you realize it was true and glad when you receive Christ your Savior. In the book of uh, Romans, turn to Romans. I don't know how far I want to get with this. The, the reason I'm saying this is because uh, there's 12 points to this. And I know, I know I won't give you all the points. But... Uh, Hopefully, I will give you at least two. (laughs) Romans 12. Romans 12. Look at Romans uh, 12. No, look at Romans uh, 3. That's better. I'll get there. Romans 3. Look at Romans 10. Romans 10 says, (coughs) I said it's written. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands this. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all going out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Do we agree? Yeah. Well, I want to keep on reading anyway. <laughs> this is their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongue, they have used deceit. The poison of ash is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their way, and the way of peace they have not known. That's us before Christ. Hey, I, I, I would venture to say it's not a pretty picture. It's not a very good picture the human heart humans people and, and, and if you was to think well is that all there is <laughs> I mean is that it actually there's more Amen. look at Romans 1 look at Romans 1 now look at Romans uh, 1 uh, 29 Romans one twenty nine. It says, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers or whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, the day which commits such things are worthy of death. It, it, it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> so when my sisters will tell me, you are a sinner. I used to hate it. I used to hate hate it with all passion. It says, don't be calling me a sinner. I would call him on the phone and say, don't be calling me a sinner. Don't be telling me I'm a sinner. I hated it. But, Years went by, years went by. And I began to see my life. I said, my God, I said, this, this is real. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. And I remember the 4th of November, 89. Ask Christ to be my Savior. I remember it well. It's almost like it was yesterday. I think I gave you my testimony. But just in case, I was at home. I did it Thursday, I did it, I did it Friday, and then Saturday. Thursday, I, I got on my knees. I got a little Gideon's Bible somebody gave me. And I and in the back was a plan of salvation. I said, Lord, I said, uh, I'm a sinner. That's what your Bible says. So I believe it. I am a sinner. Save me. That was a Thursday morning. My wife and kids were gone. I was there by myself. Nobody was home. I worked second shift. I said, okay. I got up. I wasn't sure what happened, really. I, I, I didn't know what happened. I just got up, and uh, I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell nobody. I went to work. That was Thursday morning. Friday morning came around. I did it again. It was Friday morning. Nobody was home again. Everybody was gone. I got on my knees again. I opened up the Bible, went to the back of the Bible, and says, Lord, according to your Bible in Romans 10, 13, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say you're going to save sinners. I'm one of those sinners. Save my soul. Again, I got up. I didn't know what happened. I, I wasn't sure yet. I didn't have that assurance. Okay, I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing to my wife. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say anything. I just went to work. Saturday, I was near the phone, and the phone rings. I was sitting near the phone. I could have been five in the evening. The phone rings. My wife's sitting there. I'm sitting here. And uh, it was my brother from uh, Arizona. I haven't talked to Felipe in two, three years maybe. I answered, and I said, Hello. And he says, hey, Rodrigo, this is Felipe, your brother. I'm living for the Lord. You want to get saved? I said, whoa, <laughs> man, away!" No I didn't tell him anything. I didn't tell my wife anything. I didn't say nothing. I said, oh, my gosh, I said to myself, there's a guy up there who's watching. I said, um, Felipe, I'll be a fool if I say no. Then I told him what happened. I told him Thursday. I told him about happened Friday. And I said, now you call me about salvation. And I haven't spoken to you in two, three years. I said, yeah, I want to get saved. And that's why I say that compassion towards man from the word of God. If if you want to love the word of God, the first thing you do, you need to do is get saved. Because I remember when I used to go to church. When they invite, invited me to go to church. But it's, it's not because I love the Word of God. I had other things in my mind. I know I remember one time they invited me to go to church. I was in Phoenix, Arizona. And they said, you want to go to church? And I said, okay, I've never been to church in my life. I can't remember. If I did, I was a little kid. I remember nothing of that. Okay, let's go. But I, I went because in, where I lived, there was nothing to eat. I said, I want to eat. And they were giving free food. I said, let's go. It was always for the wrong reason. Not because I love the Word of God. I wanted to praise the Lord. I wanted to know more about the Lord. None of that stuff. They were far, far away from me. But after I received Christ as my Savior, I knew and I wanted to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I mean, nobody had to. Nobody had to drag me. Come on, let's go to church. I knew I had to be there. I knew I had to be in the house of the Lord. Sorry. I knew I had to be in the house of the Lord. I wanted to be in the house of the Lord. Were there times that I didn't feel like going? Yes. And that's what I tell the Spanish folks. Hey, you, you go even you don't feel like going. Go. Go to the house of the Lord. And once you're there, you're going to say, man, praise the Lord. I am in the house of the Lord. Compassion towards man from the word of God. A, scriptures declare it. John 3.16, for God's so love the world. The scriptures declare it. The the scripture says that there is a God in heaven that loves you. He loves you with a love that you and I cannot even understand but we receive it by faith. More than your mother or father will ever love you. What a tremendous love that is. The scriptures declare it. Not only that but be sinner, believe it. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptations, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Sinner, believe it. God wants to save you. God wants to save your soul. I would venture to say that in here, there's some who haven't received Christ as their Savior. I, I, I'm, I will venture to say there's some people here who are fighting or doubting their salvation. I venture to say that. As we sit right here, as you sit right here, and as I stand here, there's people here who, who, who have no confidence in their salvation. They're not sure if they die tonight, they're going to go to heaven. They're not sure. But we, we, pray, we, we play the macho man. Or the macho girl. <laughs> That's right. And you know, it's very easy to play the macho man. You're in good health. You're in good health. So easy, it's easy to brag. I remember when I was real close to death, and I—I I don't know if I told you this, <coughs> because of my asthma, and i, was, I lost it. I, I thought this, this, this was it. I, okay, this was it, and I was like, "Oh God, not, not this way, not this way." I was praying to God, "Not this way, please kill me in my sleep, but not this way." <laughs> it's, very, it's very easy to be brave, but let, let death come knocking at your door. Everything's gonna change everything. That atheist who says, I don't believe in God, let, him, let trouble come to him, matter of life and death, and he'll be calling on the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care why he says he doesn't believe in God, let something really bad come into his life, and he, he'll be calling upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll say, no, God, help me! I can guarantee you, I don't have to be there to see it, he will. Scripture's declared, sinner, believe it. The Savior will receive you. John six thirty seven. All that the Father has given me shall come to me. And him that comes to me, I will no wise cast out. He's not going to cast you out. You come as you are, a sinner, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross, he was and rose again three days later. You say he will receive. <clears throat> because I talk to people and they say, well, let me get better. When are you going to get better? You can't get better. You got to go to the doctor. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. You ain't going to get better from sin. You're going to get worse. And he's the only one that can help you. But they say, no, just let me get better. Let me get better. It's not going to happen. It won't happen. You need to come as you are. with a repentant heart to the Lord, toward God, and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll be born from above. Scriptures declare it. Sinner believe it. Savior will receive you. And in Romans 10 13, we have the surety of salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be
0: saved.
2: We have the surety of salvation and we have the security in salvation in 1 John 5 13. These things I have written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, that you may know, you have eternal life. Again, I say, there's people sitting here. There's people sitting here who don't know. They don't know. They don't know. If they die tonight, they're gonna go to heaven. They don't know. They're just wondering. And they're being brave. And they're full of it. They're full of it. They're faking it. They don't know. And what a terrible day that will be. What a terrible day that will be. You heard the gospel being preached. And you said tomorrow. And that tomorrow never came for you. Never came for you. You want to love the word of God? Let that compassion towards men from the word of God you need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that but look at uh, verse 42a. In 42 the first part it says so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproaches me. This I would uh, this I would label The conduct of men in the word of God. The conduct of men in the word of God. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproaches me. Are you ready? Are you studying the word of God? When people come around to you and ask you of the hope that's in you. Are you studying the word of God? It's studying you, and now you studying it. The, the problem with us is sometimes, oh, the preacher, he preaches good messages. There's no doubt about that. But like he has said it before, it's not enough, we need more. I mean, if you only come here and, and eat what he gives you, and you say, that's it, that's enough, and then you go home, and you don't need no more spiritual food, it's not enough. It's not enough. Your kids go to if they go to public school, they go to public school what for eight hours a day, seven? So what five five days? So thirty-five hours in a circular school? They are bombarded with a lot of things that goes against the word of God. Then you got you, yourself, me, myself, in the word in, in work. We go to work and we hear so many things that we become like uh lot. Vex, with the iniquity of the world. All that junk that we hear, and then we go back Wednesday and we uh, again hear, sit down and listen to what he has to say again. Good. It helps, but it's not enough. And then we wonder what's wrong with us. And in, in the meantime, our Bible is collecting dust. It's collecting dust. It's not being read. It's not being studied. It's just being left there. Oh, maybe if the preacher comes and visits me, I'll wipe it off. You don't see that all that dust collecting on the Bible. That's sad, though. That is sad. That means you'll never grow as a Christian. Study the Word of God. How about this one? Your speech always is grace. Your speech always with grace, Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. Don't, do, do, you like your, do you like your meat with salt? I was going to say, not even God likes that. I, I, was, I don't know who I was talking to, but they say, well, don't eat too much salt, it's not good for you. And then I remember in the Old Testament, God says, don't you dare to offer me salt without no salt. You bring the salt. I say, oh, God likes salt. <laughs> And from there on, I can use that as a scripture and say, God likes salt. Leave me alone. <laughs> he said, When you bring me that offering, don't forget the salt. Bring me that salt. And I like my salt with my steak. Not that I eat a lot of steak, but I like it with salt. And uh, he said, Be careful how we speak. <laughs> because I know we get mad at certain, certain people, we get mad. I get mad. You won't believe this, but there's a guy in the the Spanish ministry one time, many years back, many, many years ago, wait back then. he got me mad, got my blood boiling, it was boiling, maybe, what is it, 122? I said, I'm going to take you out there and beat the, out of you. I had an old plan of what I was going to do. I couldn't sleep, I didn't sleep, because I said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I didn't sleep. It was Saturday going into Sunday, and I waited for him to be the last man out of the van. I said, you're going to be the last one out of the van, I said, oh, yeah, why? Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I already had that little place where I was going to take him, so I said, okay, he might be me, or I I might be him. I don't know what's going to happen, but he's going to get it. (sighs) But (laughs) God intervened. He calmed my heart down, and he said, take it easy, boy. <laughs> no worth it. Take it easy. You're gonna ruin. You're gonna ruin the church. You're gonna ruin yourself. Take it easy. Amen. <sighs> so I <sighs> come down. Oh, I was so close to beating that out of that guy. Or he could have beaten mine. I was mad at this guy. <laughs> and some people think, Oh, but you're you're a Christian. Well, yes. But sometimes the flesh does uh, take over, no doubt about that. It does take over. Uh, no excuses. I'm not using no excuse. If I was to stand before God and if I did beat that out of him, uh, I had no excuse. Because the Lord says, "Vengeance is mine; I, was, I shall repay." Why didn't you listen to that? Well, Lord, I, I thought maybe you can have him after I beat him up.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember. I remember this uh, wrestler called. Uh, Gorgeous George. He came to uh, Canton Road. He became a Christian. He got saved. Gorgeous George. You know who he is, right? Gorgeous George. Well, he got saved. He came to our church and he was talking that he, he almost wanted to beat this guy up because he, he, I don't know, he messed with his daughter and he said to the Lord, Lord, <laughs> the same thing I said, you can have him before. After I I beat him up. I said, mm, that's a good idea. I remember that. And I did. Well, thank God nothing happened. Study the Word of God. The speech always was grace. And then C, separated from sin unto God. In uh, Romans 1.1, Paul said, A servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Separated from sin unto God. But we don't want to be isolated like some cults do. They isolate themselves. They never do nothing for the Lord. Of course, they don't even know the Lord. He doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want us to be isolated. We're in the world, but not out of the world. Amen. And so he wants us to go out with the gospel, the good tidings, and let every creature know that there's a Savior who loves them and wants to save them. Well, you got the good news, don't you? You've been born again. You've been born from above. You, you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are are we leading people to the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, we're supposed to be warning them. No doubt about that. But I'll tell you this much. Don't you think there's a lot of people in this community, in this place that we live, that want to get saved, that have a desire to get saved? So if we warn enough people, we'll find those people. But I think maybe sometimes my problem is I'm not warning enough. I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand up. Maybe I'm not warning enough. Because I I kind of believe there's people out there that the Lord has ready. And when we go there in obedience and warn them, we'll, we'll see many fruit. We'll see salvations left and right. But we need to go there and warn them. But many times we have opportunities to warn them and our mouth stays frozen. Has that ever happened to you? There is opportunity to witness. There's no doubt about it. There's many opportunities in the store, at work, and wherever you go. Opportunities to witness, to warn the people. And sometimes my mouth gets cold. And it's very easy to talk about the weather. It's very easy to talk about what you had for dinner last night. It's very easy to talk about your grandkids, your daughters, your sons, your car, your house. And you know he's giving you opportunities to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. You're getting opportunities and your mouth is frozen and you don't say nothing. You don't say nothing. I don't say nothing. Separate from sin unto God. And the thing is, God wants to use us. There's no doubt about that. The reason I say this is this. Brother, sisters, if he used use a crow, or was it a raven, to feed a prophet, don't you think he wants to use us? If he used a, a rooster to rebuke a backslidden Baptist preacher, don't you think he wants to use us? If he used a donkey to rebuke somebody who wasn't even a prophet of God, he was way off. He used the donkey to rebuke this man. Don't you think he wants to use this? If he used the fish out of uh, the mouth of the fish, there was so much money, and Peter took it out of the sea and paid the tax for the, the temple, don't you think he wants to use, use you and your money? But boy, when it comes to the money, I worked tight with that money, huh? Yeah, I worked a lot of hours. What are you talking about, Rodrigo? I worked 12 hours. And we get the wallet out and we take a dollar out and we throw it at the plate like, there you go, Lord. That's all you deserve. I said, really? Well, he can take all of it too, you know that. And he's only asking for 10%. I say that's nothing. 10%? You're kidding me? That's nothing. And there's still people here who probably don't tithe. Maybe. I hope everybody tithes. It's like some preacher said, whenever you see the membership increase, the tithing should go up too. Because I remember we used to have the the tithe here. We used to have it here. Not anymore. But I'm thinking, when the membership increases, the tithes are increased too. And I wonder if there are some people who don't even bother tithing. They're like, uh, I would say, sponges. You know, a sponge just takes in, takes in. Takes a lot of water in and nothing out. They say, you're offending me. Oh, well... I guess it's better for me to offend you than somebody else. Amen. I figure you won't leave the church if I offend you, right? Amen. You stay here, I hope. Amen. Separate unto from sin unto God. And, uh, excuse me, 654. I'm going to give you one more. It's uh, it's found in uh, 42B, 9, 119, 42B. And it says this, Thy word, or for I trust thy word. The psalmist says in one nineteen forty two b he says, for I trust thy word. And my third point is this, the confidence of men in the word of God. The confidence of men in the word of God. We need more confidence in the word of God. know about that? I, know, I, I mean, God has given us a, some promises in the word of God. It's, it, it seems to me like sometimes we put more, more confidence in men. Like when we go to AutoZone and they tell you it's guaranteed for life, you take their word for it. You, you, you don't ask no questions, nothing. You just take their word for it. And it's, it's always not true because the Bible says man is a liar. But yet God in his, in his word says, uh, I'm going to give you everlasting life. I'll never leave you, you nor know, for safety. And then we, like, we titter-totter, like, is he there? Will he provide? Will he help me? I, I, don't, I don't know. And I'm, I'm sure it doesn't please God at all. Kind of like the children in the wilderness where they said, well, will, will he be able to provide our food out here? They were, like, tempting him. Will, will he be able to do that? And so we are the same way. We, we, will the Lord be able to do that? When he's able to do that. More than able to do that. And how is the word of God to this man. How is it that he puts his confidence. The confidence of men in the word of God. How about this way. They are his consolation. Which is written in 1 Thessalonians 4.18. eighteen. First Thessalonians 4.18 says. Wherefore come out from one another with this words. I'm sorry. Wherefore comfort one another with this words. You know that the word of God should give you comfort. It should bring comfort to you. When you read that in 4 H 1 Thessalonians, it should bring you comfort. That someday, someday, you're going to be walking in those streets of gold. Right now we walk by faith. But someday it's going to be reality. Someday. So they are His consolation. And not only are they His consolation, but they are His companions. Psalms 1, 19, 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Consolation, there has companions. When he has nothing else, he has the word of God. And someday you will find yourself, someday by yourself, like, like David did, when he tried to stone them. All he had was the word of God. And he went to the word of God. His friends tried to kill him, wanted to kill him. And he says, all I got is the word of God. And someday you and I might find ourselves in that situation. Nobody around us, maybe nobody wants to be around us, but the word of God It's going to be our companion. And of course, you know that the word of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. The word became flesh and dwell among us. And we have his written word that should bring you consolation. They should be your companions. And not only that, they should be your counselors. Psalms 119.24 says, Thy testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. This word will never lead you wrong. Never will. A mother might, a father might, but the Word of God never will. Never will. So I'm encouraging you, read the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Hide it in your heart. Because someday, you're going to find you need it. It's like this, my brethren. A man might say, who's in school, in in, in college, and he's going to have a test tomorrow so he's got three days to study or maybe none he's got some days to study and he doesn't study he's a Christian man he doesn't study at all the day the test comes around and he's begging God for help Lord help me, help me Lord, help me Lord and I'm I'm saying I don't think you're going to get any help you didn't study you didn't study for the test you ain't going to get no help none you could have studied, but you didn't. So I say this. We have the word of God. We have the word of God. And we don't study it. We don't memorize it. We don't record it in our heart. And then trouble comes. Trouble comes in your life in my life. And it, it will come. It has come. And then we say, oh, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. What is there from the Word of God that you have in you that the Holy Spirit can use? If you're not hiding it, memorizing, and studying the Word of God, how's He going to help you? You you think it's going to come just automatically? Because, sir, I remember before I got saved, I would put this Bible underneath the pillow. Superstitious. I don't know. I guess I thought it would do something to me. It never did. Nothing happened. (laughs) And, and so we are the same way sometimes as Christians. And we expect God to help us. And we don't want to study the Word of God. We don't want to meditate on the Word of God. We don't want to do nothing with the Word of God. All we do is hear when we get here, and that's it. And trouble is going to come. Believe me, trouble will come. They that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If you're living godly in Christ Jesus, it's not a maybe. It's not a when. It's you will suffer persecution. Maybe we might be seeing that persecution. Who knows in our lifetime? Right now, it's cushy. You know it is. I, I've never had somebody try to kill me because I'm a, I'm a Christian. Oh, the, they, the, the worst thing they have done is maybe cuss me out, throw water at me, and, and slap some tracks from my hand. That's nothing. That's nothing. And and we are weary or we get scared and we don't want to do nothing for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have opportunities to do it. Many opportunities. And we don't do nothing. So I'm saying, I'm thinking, my way of thinking. So if the government tells us not to go to church, those people who don't like going to church are going to have an excuse not to go to church. They're going to say, well, we can't go to church, brother, because the government said not to go to church. And you won't go to church. Those people who don't pray or don't pray now and the government says, no praying. If you pray, we're going to put you in lines then. You say, oh, I'm not going to pray then. If the government says, no praying, I'm not going to pray. If you're not doing it now, when that happens, you're not going to do it. You're going to have your excuse now. If you're not doing nothing for the Lord now and, and you can I mean, look, all the opportunities we have to do something for the Lord. And you're not doing it now and they put laws, bylaws, whatever, decrees, no, no street preaching. No, don't no, no door knocking. Don't go to church. <sighs> for some of you, you're gonna say, "Oh, I have an excuse now. I can stay home and watch the game." And that's not sad though. I, I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope I'm wrong. Let's get busy. What are you waiting for, people? Let's get busy. There's so much to do for the Lord. So much to do for the Lord, and one man cannot do it. And praise the, praise the Lord for those who are doing something for the Lord. They're out there knocking on doors. But I say, that there's more people who are not doing it too. They need to be doing it. They need to get involved. Don't you just get tired of just sitting there and doing nothing? A Christian who got saved, born again. And all you do is just sit down and hear the word of God come in one ear, out the other ear. Just warm up the bench and that's it. And you're using your excuse. Well, I got to go to work. I got to do this. Well, so do I. I got to go to work too. I got to do this. I got to do that. And like the pastor says, make time for that. Make time for this. Is it because it's not important to you. Our focus is right here on this earth. You think you're going to live forever on this earth. And all this is going to be burned up. And how sad it is sometimes you'll, you'll be up in heaven. And you'll be walking down that streets of gold. And right beside you, it's going to be John the Baptist with his head right here. So what did you do, brother? What did you do for the Lord? And his head right here, smiling at you. What did you do for the Lord? Well, on on Saturdays, I couldn't go out because I I had to help my wife wash dishes and clean the house. What? No way. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't do it. Oh, boy. We might laugh at it. We might think it's funny. Maybe some. Not that day when you're up there in heaven. When you have to give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ. Busy, busy, busy for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's come on! Let's go do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go out with the word of God. And we can warn many people about the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been saved? As you sit there, as you sit there, if I was to ask you, and, and the Bible says, let the redeemer of the Lord say so. This shouldn't be an embarrassment. You shouldn't say, like, oh God, oh boy. He's gonna ask us, if we're saved, and he's gonna ask us to raise our hand. Are you embarrassed to raise your hand? I mean, if I was to ask you, raise your hand. Are you been born again? You saved? You know if you die tonight, you're gonna go to heaven? Would you would you raise your hand? Without you closing your eyes, bound your your head? Would you do it? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Because I've been saved, I know that I'm I'm gonna go to heaven. And I don't know who did or who didn't. But if you couldn't, if you couldn't, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Opportunities to be saved right now. And you're not taking it? What are you gonna do? You're gonna come in the way you did and you're gonna leave. The same way. And as a man liveth, so shall he die. Isn't that terrible? You want to die in your sins? When there's a God in heaven who loves you so much. The church loves you. The Holy Spirit is calling you for salvation. Nobody's holding you back. You're holding yourself back. Full of pride. I think you have been very, very, very good. Very, very good. Thank you very much for your listening. I'm going to have to quit right now because I can't go on. Another verse, more points. It's too many of them. But I appreciate your attention. May God bless you. And may God use you. And I know He does. And may you have a desire to be used of God. It's got to be a desire. Shall we stand? I don't know what your need is right now. I don't. But I know we all have needs. I don't know, brother, you want to do the altar call or not? I don't know what your need is, really. I don't know, but there's a God in heaven who does. You can play any time, sister. But I know one thing, we all have
0: needs.